everyone, Matt Williamson here. I am back. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Folks, it's all going down at the FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino, where you can get in on all the action this football season. Bet on your teams with a sportsbook rep or at our self-service kiosks, and then jump into the stadium on our giant 40-foot video wall. How's that for a touchdown? Join your friends at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Bet, watch, and win. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And what we're doing today is basically breaking down the game upon second viewing. You know, after digging into it more, more than just the initial impressions, more of a deep dive. Um, I'm going to start with the opponent today, a couple guys that stood out to me. Uh, Chris Godwin was really impressive in this game. You know, the game before he was kind of gradually getting back into things, didn't play a lot of second half snaps in, in their their game the week before. Uh, he gave the Steelers the most problems. Excellent big power slot type of player, middle of the field. Um, but I do think that, you know, Mike Evans didn't hurt them as much as I initially thought. Didn't really stand out as much. I thought that combination would just destroy the Steelers' corners and secondary as a whole. Absolutely was not the case. And Godwin was impressive, but he wasn't a world beater. Um, their DNs were really interesting to me. Shaq Barrett is their best defensive end. A very good pass rusher. He's probably the 10 to 12th best edge player in the league. He was very quiet, and Dan Moore deserves most of the credit for that. I'm sure they game-planned around slowing him down, chip help, things like that, and they absolutely succeeded. And there's a result to that, though, is Moore got more help, didn't mean to do that, than Chooks, as you would imagine, because I think they trust Chooks. I've been you know singing Chooks' praises lately. So he had more one-on-ones than Moore, Um and didn't fare as well. Like I bet pro football focus has Moore's grade higher than Chooks or whatever, but they're what they were asked to do is a little different. And I bring up their group of defensive ends because we talked about Barrett, um, but they Barrett's kind of the outlier of their defensive ends. They want big bodied guys, like not quite Aaron Smith size, but like, Six five plus two seventy. They don't want the two hundred forty five pound edge guy. They want power players because they stress you know stopping the run so much. They want big edge setters, and that group gave the Steelers problems. And that was Joe Tryon Shoinka. He's clearly the most you know talented of their guys. He was last year's first round pick, a late first. Carl Nasib, Anthony Nelson, William Golston. So I bring this up just because like the Bengals like that type of defensive end as well. So just going to keep a note in the back of my mind are, are the big power ends that aren't necessarily super twitchy speed balls off the edge. Might they give the Steelers O-line and, and tackles more problems than originally thought? Um, two of their great players, in my opinion, Levante David, who I think has a Hall of Fame case, and Antoine Winfield, who's an up-and-coming stud. You guys would love him if he was a Steeler, the way he plays. Aggressive and safety, slot corner. Dad was a stud, too. Those two had really, really good games as well, as they pretty much do every week. That doesn't bother me. But two of their other big-name guys, Vita Vea, who we talked about a ton going into that game, um, 
They did a really good job on him. I mean, Vita Vea did not wreck this game. I know the Steelers' interior run wasn't great, but it kind of never is anyway. Um, Devin White made a splash play or two, but overall, he did not impact the game in a positive manner for Tampa Bay all that much. So, um, that, kudos. I mean, keeping Vea and White under wraps, you know, I mean, again, they're, they were out there and they did good things, but they didn't destroy things and it wasn't play after play. That's for sure. So I thought that was pretty good by the Steelers too. So I, talk, I like to talk about, about the team you guys love through the eyes of the others as well. So, you know, the, 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 that's kind of the rundown of some standouts from that side and why uh, we'll take a quick break here. And then we're going to talk about uh, my changing thoughts on some of the Steelers. We'll start with the defense. If we're giving out game balls for this one, Trubisky's probably going to be in the conversation. Cam was the best player on the field, just like I thought he was on after first view. That's amazing. I mean, what a testament to him as a leader, as a star player. Um, but Joby was just as impactful. I mean, Cam, I would say, was a little better than Joby, But uh, we said this three or four times leading into this game. The interior D line has to be phenomenal. Cam has to be the best player on the field. Well, that's exactly what you got. And the, co- the combination of Cam and Ogan Joby were exceptional. I mean, they really were. I mean, the guys blocking them were, they have some pedigree. They're not bad, but they got whipped often and they have different styles. Cam, of course, wins with power and technique and brawn. And they both can do both, but Joby is a first snap quickness type of dude. So there's a nice compliment going on there. Hopefully that continues. Um, some other guys that I mentioned yesterday, but were even better than I originally thought on the defensive side of the ball. Highsmith, I mean, I, I think some people were a little down on him because he got all his sacks or a high percentage of them early in the season as opposed to consistent but I think he has been consistent. He hasn't got quarterbacks on the ground the last couple of weeks as much, but I think he's been a very consistent contributor. I think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy. When Watt comes back, look out. Quietly, the combination of Jack and Bush, yeah, yeah, Bush, I'm talking about Bush, guys. Yeah, Pretty good and consistent, you know, strong tackling. I didn't see a lot of coverage gaffes. Bush made a big play. They're getting everyone aligned and they're understanding where to be. They look well coached. They continue to improve. And again, consistent and reliable are the words I'm looking here for, for Jack and Bush, which is great. Edmonds had a big day statistically, and we talked about him yesterday. He was even more impactful than I originally thought. So, I mean, he, he's a quality player. Again, he always is uh, detracted by he was a first-round pick, he's a bust. Well, if he's a second-round pick, you'd like him. You know, and so he's a good player. Um, we've not talked a lot about Josh Jackson, but he's seen quite a bit of action over the last, what, six quarters of play. And he was solid in this one, too. Um, I'll give you a little profile of what Josh Jackson is. 
He's not super fast. He's he ran like a four five five, you know, coming out of school. But he's a big bodied corner. He was the Packers' second round pick a couple of years ago. So he's not just a throwaway pick off the street type of dude. Again, he has size. He has some physicality to him. I mentioned he tackled, tackled the catch in front of him. Catch, you know, allow us a short catch, come up, smack him, put him on the ground. More of a zone guy, you know. I mean, he's not a quickie, you know, flip your hips, turn and run, man coverage player. And the Steelers do play a lot of man. I'm really interested to see how that goes going forward, zone versus man. We'll probably talk about that later in the week. But Jackson might be a find. You know, he might be somebody that sticks. And that's great. I mean, again, we mentioned this yesterday. Some of these injuries present opportunities for others. And, um, you know, he, he's a perfect example. Um, guys, I was less excited about on second viewing. Spillane, we talked about him a lot in detail yesterday. I understand some of the good things he brings to the table. I just think he's a liability on the field. I think he's a special teamer. I mean, I think he's Tyler Matikavich, you know, with a little more tr- better traits than that, but not much. Uh, Tyson Alualu continues to worry me. I've said this a few times, and maybe this is extreme, but if you could find, like you did last year with Adams, another one off a practice squad or something, it might be time for Tyson Alualu to get on with his life's work, You know, maybe even in the next couple weeks. Um, Trey Norwood to me wasn't great for the second straight week either. Uh, I think he's really a spot player that's been asked to do more than he probably should over the last couple weeks. So that's fine. I mean, we're not super invested in the guy. He's an NFL player. He's just not a starter type. Um, because of the way the injuries set up with the corners, Millette was pretty much asked to be the only slot, you know, they didn't have Cam Sutton coming in on to help him at times. Held up quite well. Uh, I mean, Godwin gave him problems, as I said. Godwin's a great player. He's a much better player than Millette. But Millette was fine. I mean, he did not. He was not a liability, again. And uh, it was asked to do more than usual. Um, I was wrong. Uh, I'll flip this over the offense a little bit. I was wrong about Daniels, the right guard. Another really strong outing. Like He's becoming, I don't say one of the better guards in the league, but he's a Tier two starting guard, and that's great. I mean, because his other companion at guard is problematic, that's for sure. I think Mason Cole deserves a lot of credit, too. I mean, he was injured coming into this game, missed a snap or two. He had Vita Vea. You know, like, I thought that was going to be a nightmare situation for the Steelers. Wasn't. I mean, he's a fighter. I think you can live with him as well. Um, Chooks was... Okay at best. We kind of talked about him earlier with it when we talked about, you know, Tampa's DN situation. But when the, and it was all said and done, between two quarterbacks, they allowed two sacks, two hits, you know. So that's not, you know, bad production against a very good defense. So uh, I can live with that. You know, the O-line wasn't phenomenal, and you know, they weren't great in the run game either. But two sacks, two hits. All right. Trubisky was excellent, you know. 9 of 12, 144 yards, um, hit, hit Claypool for a really nice touchdown, as you saw. You know, drove it in there. Uh, he converted a, a third and 13. He converted a third and six, a third and 15, a third and 11, all over a 12-play span <laughs> over two two drives, the final two drives of the game. Passer rating was 142.4. Uh, which is bonkers. I mean, that's, uh, I heard someone say 
That was more than 100 points higher than the last time he played. And he let it fly. I mean, he was confident. He looked like a different quarterback than what we saw the last time. And in, in any other point in, Steel- in his time with the Steelers. I mean, he was nothing to lose. And boy, that sure looked like the attitude he took. And it was great. Um, certainly Claypool's best day in a long time. Uh, just a little note, he played two more snaps than Pickens. I'm not looking into that at all. It doesn't matter. They both basically were on the field a great deal. Johnson played a little bit more than him. Um, not taking anything away from what Chase Claypool did on Sunday. Um, that is absolutely something to build off of and is very positive. But I do think his production um, certainly benefited from Fryermuth being out. You know, that it's just an, opened a door for him. So that's great. Speaking of Fryermuth being out, the Steelers used Gentry on 42 snaps, Connor Hayward on, Connor Hayward on 30 snaps. So they like Hayward. I mean, they just do. Gentry plays around 42 snaps anyway. Well, it depends on the how many snaps you play. I mean, he he's out there a fair amount either way. This is more than usual. But the fact that they trusted Hayward for 30 and he came up with a big play as well as a new wrinkle. I think he's a hard guy to play against. Certainly looks like he belongs. You know, tight ends don't acclimate well to the league as rookies. He has already. I'm sure Big Brother helps a little bit. But he's got a good mind for the game. And he's a very useful useful guy that I think should get 10 snaps a game going forward. You know, assuming Fryer moves back. Uh, as a whole, the receivers, including Hayward, helped the quarterbacks more than they have lately. Kind of looking at you here, Deontay Johnson. Congrats. That's great. Um, Claypool as well. They, they, they did not have negative plays as pass catchers. I think that's big. Uh, speaking of snap counts, Najee played 44, 20 from Warren. I think it's become pretty clear, Bill's game aside, because it was a blowout. That's what they're looking for on the running back rotation, kind of a two-to-one split, which I fully condone. And I mentioned it yesterday. I thought Najee moved better than he has earlier in the year. Uh, wasn't Warren's best day in pass pro and knowing who to pick up. And uh, I don't remember really any splash runs from him, but not that I'm particularly worried, but the backfield was fine. But I think two to one is the ratio they're shooting for. It's becoming pretty clear. And that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Um, Last little nugget to finish this thing up. I'm hearing... You know, is there a quarterback controversy? Does Trubisky give him a better chance to win? He outplayed Pickett yesterday. That's fine. Pickett's a starter here. They made that decision. It was a jump in the deep end. I don't think you go back from that. However, I think there's a good chance Trubisky plays next Sunday. And he does have a fair amount of NFL tape, you know, in, in a Steeler uniform. And who's to say Pickett doesn't get injured again this year? So... All I'm implying is I think there's a chance when the season's over, a team like Washington or, you know, whoever might say, hey, we'll give you a fourth round pick for Trubisky. And then the Steelers turn around and resign Rudolph to a similar deal they have now, pick up a pick in the deal, you know, something along those lines. Or Trubisky's a long-term backup here or who's to say. But uh, quarterbacks that play and put tape out like this are assets in the NFL and um, Trubisky's absolutely an asset, you know, I mean, and he's pretty cost effective right now. So that's the way I look at that thing. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. 
probably the next 24 hours, I'm going to really start digging into Miami. I, uh, from where I see it now, that's a, a winnable game, but it looks like two is going to be back. They've missed him dramatically. The Dolphins in the last three games have lost their starting quarterback. Whoever they started in that game, in every one of those three games in a row and three, pretty crazy. Um, all right, over and out. We'll talk soon.